Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 125. You're invited. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play the first message from my friend Benjamin Evans, and he has graciously agreed to be interviewed. The message is just two seconds long and comes from the fall of 1989. Here we go. Hey, Paul, you're invited. That was the whole thing? It's like a fragment. It says, hey, Paul, you're invited. It's nice to be invited. When I heard that, you know who I thought it was? James Warden. It could be me, I suppose. I, I defer to your detective work. If it was me, what do you think I was inviting you to? So if it was a party, where were you living at the time? I think... I think I was living with Johnny Lee and uh, Credence Fogo. That was on 57th, right near the IC tracks. And the IC trains would go by and it would, the building would shake. And that cut down on the number of cockroaches in the building, I think. There was like a horrible apartment. There were two real bedrooms. And then there was another room that Johnny Lee used as his bedroom that was kind of in the center of the apartment. And he didn't have a window to the outside world. It would just opened onto like an air shaft. But that was fine with him because he, he painted his whole room black and he just had a mattress. And above the mattress in kind of blood red letters, he wrote, here lies Johnny Lee with an arrow pointing to the mattress. And the only other thing he had in the room was hundreds of, of uh, records and maybe a couple of textbooks or something. When was the first time you remember meeting me? I think I must have met you through Ann Flukiger. And when did you meet Ann Flukiger? It must have been through WHPK. I think it was the fall of my first year there. I became a DJ at WHPK with my roommate at the time, uh, Mark Schwartz. I had no idea how lucky we were. Because later, I met a lot of people who had wanted to be WHBK DJs, but for whatever reason, they didn't like their, their playlist. We had a, uh, I think it was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Saturdays was our time slot. And it was so much fun to do. And um, at WHBK, you would meet these different DJs who uh, were connected to the community in a much more organic way. Someone like Arkansas Red doing his blues show had like total you know, autonomy as to what he played. And obviously he had a, a lot of loyal listeners who were you know, from the neighborhood. So it, it was one of the few things that the University of Chicago kind of gave back a little bit. And that record library was such an amazing resource. For, for people who are younger, I think it's hard for them to imagine recordings of music being physical objects. But for someone... You know, from our generation, of course, records, you know, um, and you could just go through this library that had hundreds of amazing records go through and you would pull out a record that looked like it had an interesting title on the spine and, you know, some interesting image on the front. And they had a little record player in the record library with some headphones so you could, you know, listen to stuff and, and you could discover all kinds of amazing music. And then the other wonderful thing was the DJs. Uh, would put stickers on the records and write little comments. And there were some people like, uh, I remember Ken Brown was like very prolific, writing these really interesting 
reviews of the records, you know, handwritten on a, a white sticker on the front of the record. And so you would be like, oh, wow. So Ken Brown said this about this record or, you know, May Lum said this about this record. And I know their case and what kind of stuff they're into. So, uh, yeah, I got to check this out. Yeah, I mean, some certain records, there were like conversations going back and forth between different reviewers and sometimes some controversial records. It could be nothing but stickers on the front of the record, you know? I do remember years later, this was approximately like 1994 or something like that. It had gotten to the point where that record library, it was too full. You literally couldn't physically put more records on the shelf because there was no space. And uh, there was a huge debate among the DJs about, can we move some records that are very rarely played to a basement storage room? And people were very resistant to the notion of making that evaluation of saying like, this record hasn't been played in 10 years, therefore we're moving it to the basement. Because I think those people felt that you couldn't make that judgment between a record that's played every week and one that hasn't been played in 10 years. Because who knows, that record that hasn't been played in 10 years, maybe that's the really great stuff that should be played. And you don't want to segregate it and put it in the basement and make it more difficult to find. Do you remember when I drove you and Anne Flukiger to see a movie, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? Don't really remember that. I do kind of remember that movie. I remember going or Anne invited me or something to go to see this movie. And I thought it was going to be a date between the two of us. And it turned out to be a date between you two. Oh, that's horrible. The only reason I was there to, to, was to drive you two. Oh, that's so awful. But that's my memory of first meeting you. Oh, I, I feel guilty and embarrassed by that. The other funny thing, though, is that I felt bad because I walked out of the movie and left you guys stranded. So you guys <laughs> didn't have a, a way to get home. But it's funny that you and I became friends if that's how you first met me. Well, this sounds like it could be the plot of a Wes Anderson movie with a lot of quirky characters, some of whom we have met in previous episodes. James Warden, who Ben originally thought the message was from, has contributed frequently to the podcast. Ken Bundy Brown the prolific commentator on WHBK album stickers, has been referenced in a few previous episodes as a friend who became a successful record producer and founder of the influential band Tortoise. And Flukiger is referenced in two outgoing messages, episodes 64 and 74 where I comically declare my affection for her. I also have future incoming messages from her, and I hope to get her side of the story about going to see The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Ben's roommate Johnny Lee, whose room was black except for his name in red indicating where he slept, I have not been able to track down. But one rumor is that he became a Wall Street banker. Finally, the WHBK DJ Arkansas Red had his last show on June 25, 
2015. And a wonderful little documentary was produced to commemorate the event, titled Arkansas Red and His Listeners. After ending his radio career, Arkansas Red retired to, you guessed it, Arkansas. If you can fill in the details of any other characters from Ben's story, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Ben for sharing his memories. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.